0: welcome to the maximizing outcomes podcast brought to you by jim mcgovern and the mcgovern wealth group achieving bigger and better results with money family and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself it's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Maximizing Outcomes with Jim McGovern. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I'm uh, right. I'm excited. That last podcast you did was outstanding. I really gave the audience myself a lot of food for thought. And so if you're just joining us, you need to go back and listen to it. Jim, can you just give them just a quick brief overview of kind of what you spoke about on the last
2: podcast? Sure. Yeah, we were talking about the differences between accumulating wealth and then distributing it in retirement and how the uh, the whole retirement landscape has completely changed over the last several decades. And there's just a lot of pressures that people are facing now that prior generations didn't have to. So we mapped out a a step-by-step approach to begin to address retirement income planning differently. And today we're going to dive into a whole different topic. All right. What are we talking about? So we're going to be dedicating today's episode to families that are trying to plan for their own financial future while at the same time, they're also trying to plan for a child that has a disability. Mm. And it's a just a completely different area of planning. It's a heck of a lot more technical than other areas of planning. And I would say it's probably the one that's least understood. And uh, there's just not a lot of expertise out there. So we work with a lot of families uh, that are that are looking for this kind of expertise, and um, so we want to provide an episode that really helps other families understand what you're really have to focus on, what goes into planning for a child for their lifetime to make sure that they're they're going to live the happiest life possible, and and if and if you as a parent, you know, were to suddenly pass away, you've got a game plan in place that uh, gives your child the best shot at a at a great life.
1: Well, and this is I'm I'm really excited that you're doing this podcast because. Before you ever started podcasting, we met a few times and and, and talked about what your passions were and this was one of the first things you told me um, was working with families, with with kids with special needs and and I I mean, I love this. I've I've worked, my wife and I have worked with at-risk youth for a number of years. We worked at a, a place that we basically raised 70 kids, helped raise 70 kids, and it was really, really important for us to give them the best opportunity. You know, they're coming out of pretty hard situations. Some of them had some slight special needs, but not nearly, you know, what you're going to be talking about today, but my heart's right in tune with this, right? I mean, when you have kids that, that have special needs, when you have kids that are going to need more care than most for the rest of their life, that is a huge task, right, for any parent, and usually it's a, a pretty big family thing, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, I just want to say this at the outset, that this is, today's going to be more of a of an overview, kind of an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a lot to chew on in this episode, but this is not where the conversation is going to end. This is the start of it, okay. because we're going to be doing multiple episodes and bringing on many other experts in this field uh, because again, there, there are so few resources that are out there and uh, I think people are, people are looking for answers and uh, they don't know where to go. So we're going to bring those people to you. Okay. All right. So where do we start? Cause this, like you said, this is a huge topic. Let me start with this goal in mind that this can be overwhelming. It can be very confusing. So my main goal here for everybody today is just to help you take one step forward. That's it. There's a lot of ground we're going to cover. I'm gonna try and teach you as much as I possibly can today in this episode. My intent is not to overwhelm you. Uh, I want you to focus more on progress, not perfection. I want you to see the work that needs to be done, but recognize you can't do everything at once. I I wish you could. This is a process that goes on for years, Mm -hmm. but we have to know where do we start. So we're gonna talk about logical step-by-step process that you can make uh, bite-sized pieces. So today's more about practical insights and an overview of life planning. How do you build sustainable wealth for yourself, but also for your children? And how do you handle your estate plan and uh, make sure that your child is cared for long after you're gone? Yeah. And, and I want to just actually speak directly to the
1: audience for a moment. Unless you're listening to this podcast, sitting at a table with a notebook and a pen already, don't worry about taking notes. And, and I say that sincerely because I know Jim, I know his heart. He's got a lot packed into this podcast right now. Just listen to it, hear what he has to say. The beauty of a podcast, it has a rewind button, right? You can go back and take some notes when you're at a place where you can do that. If you're in the car, if you're in the whatever, this is something that you can listen to and just gain a lot, but you're going to want to go back and listen. You're going to want to go back and take some notes here and there, you know, and then we'll, we'll give some contact information at the end, but really it's more about, just hearing what Jim has to say, and, and you know the, the folks that he's already been working with. So, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jim. But I just I think it's important that people hear your heart and hear where you're coming from, uh, without worrying about all the minutia and all the little details that you may be disclosing in this.
2: Agreed. I mean, this is uh, this is a lot different than common financial planning and and typical estate planning. I mean, yeah. The challenges are are far greater. The stakes are way higher, and your whole approach has to be different. You have to think differently. And, you know, it's not always easy to digest. So that rewind button is going to come in handy for sure. Yeah. So so let, let's just talk a little bit about our mission here. Okay. You know, what, what are we really trying to do with this kind of planning? I think that's where we need to start because uh, that's going to guide everything else that we do. All right. All right? So the, the heart of the matter is what we're really trying to do is strategically protect your child for life against inevitable changes. Like we know changes are going to occur. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure we're protecting against that and we want to protect against threats to their happiness and their overall well-being and just talking about some of the changes and some of the threats you have to have these things factor into your planning decisions because your plan it has to work under all circumstances and it has to be able to stand up to the test of time you're not planning for your lifetime here you know we talked about in our last episode of the pressure and the challenges that present themselves when you are going to retire and live for 30 or 40 years. Well, this is totally different because you have to plan for your lifetime, but also the lifetime of your child, lifetime of your family. Mm-hmm. And during that multi-decade process, your plan has to be able to adapt to things like health improvements, health declines, uh, family changes, whether it be death, divorce, sickness, employment changes, changes to your finance lawsuits, perhaps, I mean, who knows what can happen. But think about the healthcare system. I mean, that's always changing. Mm-hmm. Technology's changing, treatments, services, costs. But we have to go even further beyond that. I mean, what's, what's gonna happen with where your child lives? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? What are their, uh, not just their disabilities, but what are their abilities? What are their most important relationships? What about their caregivers? What kind of a support system do they have? Uh, who do they trust? And then if that's not complicated enough, think about the government regulations. I mean, there's a lot oh, of families geez. we work with that you know, it's 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 highly highly probable that the child as they become an adult, they're going to uh, be eligible and they're going to frankly need some government assistance, but mm-hmm. regulations are always changing, laws are changing, uh benefits and funding of these of these programs can change, taxes can change. So, it's basically you're you're planning for a whole host of Unexpected and completely unpredictable life events. Yeah, and so that's, it's hard. <laughs> that's 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 hard enough for me to do by myself. You know, for myself,
1: right? Yep. And then you, you put a child in the mix, and then a child that that has things that they have to overcome, or that you have to help them overcome. That, yeah, the complexity not is,
2: is mind blowing. It, it is, and, and look, we can't predict the future. I mean, that's totally impossible. I wish we could predict the future. You know, yeah, that'd be nice. We wouldn't be in this podcast. We'd be calling <laughs> from our yachts down and wherever, right? That's right. But you can plan strategically. You can plan powerfully. You can make sure that you have flexibility. And that inevitably is going to allow you and your child to be prepared for all these inevitable changes that they're going to experience. So, you know, I know a lot of parents, they're worried. Uh, they're worried sick over over their kids. And, you know, your future, your child's future... It comes with worry and confusion but you have to worry in the right order I think that's really yeah. key and that's the key to building a plan with the highest probability of success so I think we have to think philosophically a little bit like what's at stake like what are we really trying to accomplish and then it's easy to map out of step by step what do we do mm-hmm so I, I hope that makes sense at least from the, the get-go here of what the seriousness of this but it's overwhelming it's not easy but we're gonna give you some we're gonna give you some guidance all right let's do it all right so let's talk about some goals here you know when you're when you're doing this kind of planning the goal really should be to position you and your child to live a life of happiness live a life of security for both of your lifetimes so everything that we do is surrounded around that So when we talk about worrying in order we really have to start with the worst case scenario in mind and this is this is like the greatest fear of every parent that i work with is what happens if something happens to me tomorrow in other words what they're saying is what happens if i die tomorrow
1: Mm -hmm.
2: what's my child's future going to look like it's it's scary to think about it's uncomfortable but that doesn't mean the fear isn't still there so we have to think about what would your child's future look like tomorrow if you suddenly died But what about five years from now? How does that change? What about 30 years from now? Who's going to take care of your child? Where is the care going to be provided? What's the living situation going to be? Uh, What types of education or hobbies? What kind of social life do they have? What's their involvement in in society going to be like? Is there going to be enough money? If so, where's it going to come from? Who's going to manage it? What impact are government programs going to have? What impact are they not going to have? So... Beyond that, there's also there's all these things that you know in your head about your child that nobody else knows mm-hmm. that if you were suddenly gone, that information's gone. so I, I a lot of times I talk to parents about like think about that list that you make if you're going to go out for an evening, and you have a babysitter, you have caregivers, like, like what's the list of things that you have to write down just to go out for an evening? What about if you're making a list for the rest of their life? like think about think about that kind of a list. yeah, all right, so yeah, you know, we just want to know what what do others need to know that's gonna make them more effective at creating that life of happiness as close as possible to what you would have provided had you not died? Yeah and, and, and yeah and, I, I got
1: to jump in here because it's what you're saying resonates with, with me. I actually was speaking to a gentleman this is probably about six months ago. And he had a close family friend that had passed away, and they had a special needs child. And they did not, and they were not told about certain types of planning. And their child was in an an assisted living facility that they were thriving in. They were doing very, very well in. But the problem was when the the last parent passed, they had directives and things, but the child also inherited money. Mm. And that bumped them from whatever income they're allowed to have, and I think the income is incredibly low for somebody that is on a disability and, and and getting government assistance. So that bumped them because they had a financial gain. They lost their placement in the facility that they were in because now they were above the threshold for someone who could qualify for that. So not only did they lose their placement, they lost the most familiar thing to them and the community that they had grown with. And the, you know, the, all the, the, st- strides that they had made, all of a sudden their entire life was thrown into turmoil because they lost the one place that they called home and they had to go to a different place because they all of a sudden had money. It wasn't like they had money. It wasn't millions of dollars. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was enough to push them over the limit that they were supposed to have that the government deems necessary. And it just, it's frightening that something like that can happen, especially, you know, parents had good intentions. They just didn't plan correctly. They just didn't know the rule.
2: Yeah, we see that all the time. It's, it's usually people's hearts are in the right place. Yeah. But it's the technical expertise. They, they just didn't know what they didn't know. Yep. And now it's not just the money situation. It's a traumatic situation for the child. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and all this stuff is is fairly easy to avoid having these kinds of problems if you have the right kind of a game plan. And, you know, I hear people say things like, oh, you know what? I have a will. I have a trust. We're all set. And it's like, I'll, I'll give you a quick fitness example. It's almost like saying, like, well, I have a dumbbell. <laughs> it's like I've got okay, a treadmill. You, you have one. That doesn't mean it's the right size. Doesn't mean you're using it correctly. So it's not just about like I have a bunch of stuff. It's yeah. it's is it technically sound or not? Because you make one mistake in a in a trust or an estate plan, or you just don't have the right documents at all, and it literally could be disaster. Yeah. And it's not. Sometimes people just go, "Oh, I'll just go do this." I'm like, "Yeah, but there's these things called laws. You can't just like do it that way." <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. That's- um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, you have to dedicate the time, and if you do and you do it correctly, then you're going to be able to sleep at night knowing that you've done all you can and you've done great work, and and it's going to be it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's man, you just you hit me right between the eyes with the the
1: dumbbell thing because I've got a treadmill sitting probably about twelve feet from me here in my office.
2: I haven't turned that thing on in like three years. (laughs) You're all all set. You you just you have it. You don't have to worry about anything. It looks great. Doesn't matter if you use it or not. That's right. It looks great. All right, we digress here. Yeah, so. but yeah, but just, just thinking about about this planning. I mean, that, that was something you just referenced that you know parents didn't see that coming. No, right. So we have to have that vision for the future of you know how are things going to change in 10, 20, 30 years? What's what's life going to look like when my child becomes an adult? Mm-hmm. You know, how does it look like now, and how's it going to compare? How should it look in the future? So we have to think about things like, you know, like where are they going to live? Like yeah. What kind of residential care are they going to have? Is it going to be, they going to be with family? Are they Are going to be in adult foster care, or a group home? I mean, we, we have to start to think through these things. Uh, but also, what about educational opportunities? Yeah, you know, we're going to bring an expert on here who's going to talk about education, infancy all the way through secondary school, post-education, uh, talking about adult service agencies. You're going to hear a lot about that on a, on a future episode. Mm-hmm. You know, are there any special uh, programs that are available, educational programs based on, you know, specific types of disabilities? But we also have to think about employment options. We have to think about yeah. social and recreational activities, mental health resources, uh, relationships with families, making sure that those continue on. So, you know, if you think about it, Eric, it's like this isn't easy right now, but as time goes on, is this going to get easier for people or harder? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it, because of the fact that we have no idea what changes are going to happen, you know, in, in all of
2: these variables that you just spoke about, it's got to be incredibly difficult. It's difficult. But you know, let's talk about where do we where do we start here? Yeah, right. So again, we're we're talking about starting with worst case scenario. And if we construct a plan that can handle worst case scenario, then anything that isn't worst case scenario is going to be okay, it's gonna be a lot easier. Yep. So this type of planning, we have to blend together planning for your own financial well being and your ability to best care for your child while you're alive. That's like, that's like the first part. The second part is we have to plan for the well-being of your children for their lifetime after you pass on, and this is going to have to blend together some factors such as you know, the art, the math, and science of the finance side of it, but there's a lot of legal documentation that needs to be in place. There's a lot of non-legal documentation that needs to be in place. We have to navigate complex rules around uh, you know, government resources and health care and taxes and and just make sure everything is all buttoned up so that uh, if if the worst were to occur and you did die suddenly, that you have this roadmap put in place for everybody that surrounds your child. So believe it or not, it's not that difficult. It's far more complicated than most people can imagine, Mm -hmm. but it's not that difficult to make huge accomplishments. So again, focus on progress, not perfection, but because there's so many little details, this is why we have a process in place to make sure that these details aren't missed. Yeah. So some of this is going to be really simple, and it's like, oh, I could do that today. Other things are going to take more thought and more time. All right, but you have to just get started somewhere. All right. All right. So the planning timeline for this type of plan, you have to automatically think two to three decades longer than a typical financial plan, and it's going to mm-hmm. have a lot more pressure to higher costs of care, and it's going to be a lot more sensitive to threats and spending shocks. So things mm-hmm. like. Tax changes, government programs, you know, decreasing or going away, investment risk. That's always going to be present. Um, how do you balance your family objectives? Like, how do you balance between, you know, maybe a, a typical child and a child who has a disability, right? You not I, I don't see many families that go, well, we're just going to, you know, have our inheritance all go to, you know, one child versus the other. Most parents don't want that. Mm-hmm. But how do you balance between two? There's a difference between fair and equal, by the way. Some parents think they have to be equal, and sometimes equal is not fair. And there's sometimes there's a lot of guilt around that. So yeah. we can talk about that. But we want to make sure that things are, are handled in the right order. Okay, so we have to look at the financial resources that you leave behind. So again, if you died yesterday, how much life insurance do you own? What do you have in personal savings and personal investments? What kind of property do you have? Where is it located? Do people know about these things? You know, when somebody dies, it's not like it's just like this instant, Here, here's everything they had, and you're all set. Just go down to the courthouse, file this, and you know, it's, it's all going to change hands easily. There's a lot of things that are um that are now digital, you know online accounts and statements that you don't even get in the mail anymore and a lot of times people aren't organized in a way where it's easy for somebody that's picking up the pieces after they're gone can even locate these things. so we have to be we have to be organized financially and you know it's all about hey here's my neat filing cabinet, but again, I had no life insurance. It's like, well, great, we see the paper, but there's no money here mm-hmm. okay, so that's some of the financial side of it. The legal documents. There's there's a few legal documents that every family should have, right? regardless of the situation of uh, the, the status of the health of, of the children. Mm-hmm. You need to have a will. Uh, you need to have a trust. Yep. We'll talk about what a trust is in a minute. But there should be a power of attorney. There should be a living will. And as far as legal arrangements go, depending on how old the child is, you know, if the child is under the age of 18, you as the parent are their guardian. And a lot of people just assume that if their child has a disability, that when they reach the age of majority, when they become an adult, that they can continue to just automatically be their guardian. And that's not the way the law looks at it. The moment the child turns 18, regardless of health status, they are considered to be a competent adult. Mm. And, and there are certain things you no longer have the legal ability to do anymore. So you have to start to think through what happens when my child becomes an adult. Should we go to court and should we become the legal guardian? Right? And there's some pros and cons. We're going to bring a lawyer on to a future episode that's going to talk about all the details around guardianship. Or should you just have power of attorney? And how do you even get that? Right, There's some other legal concerns around just becoming a power of attorney for somebody who may or may not have a high degree of of, um, of competence. Do they just need an advocate? So there's a whole host of issues around those yeah. legal arrangements that people need to be aware of. And then there's some non-legal documents that are absolutely critical. Um, and they may or may not stand up in court, may not even need to go to court for these things. But the letter of intent is... What I referenced earlier, that's the hey, if you're going out to dinner for the night, the list of instructions you leave the babysitter, I mean, the letter of intent is like the ultimate list to a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And that can highlight everything from family history to, you know, your child's likes and dislikes, you know, what kind of food do they like, what kind of clothes do they like to wear, what kind of music do they like to listen to. So it's all those little details that you as a parent are already know easily, that nobody else would possibly know these things. But yeah. it could be it could be a, a lifesaver for a a, a new caregiver. And it's also important to understand the network of people that are surrounding your child, family, friends, caregivers, doctors, therapists. Yeah. So when we start putting together a life plan that's really and truly comprehensive, you know, it's going to take some time, right? mm-hmm. but little, little steps along the way can have a huge result. So again, this podcast is called Maximizing Outcomes. So if we do these planning pieces that we're talking about, you're going to help to maximize the outcome for your child. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, I think that's what every parent wants, right? Period. It it is. It's what, it's what parents want, but parents are busy. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to hold down a career and raise your family and you're also a full-time caregiver and our brains trick us. You know, it, it, it tricks us into thinking that we have this abundance of time. We'll figure it out later. And, And sometimes that's true. And sometimes we just throw our arms up in the air and go, "This is too—it's too confusing, too complicated. Let's get to this later." And uh, and sometimes it doesn't work out well, right? None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. Yeah, right? We have no idea. Times time is really short. We all probably have a lot less than we think, and we need to cut through the clutter and just get to the most important items first. So if, if you died yesterday. I don't think it really matters if your four hundred one k allocation was a little bit off. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe the fund choices weren't the greatest. Okay, that doesn't really matter. It's like if you didn't have enough life insurance, or you didn't have a, a proper will or a proper trust, that could be a massive, massive problem. Yeah. So our first step in this planning process is we have to protect financially the parents' ability to care for their child long after they're gone. So we have to protect the family balance sheet against. Threats to the parents' life, right? If they if they died, if they were sick or injured and couldn't work, what if they were sued? Might we have to protect all the all the cash flow and assets the family has? But then we have to get into those those legal documents. So we have lawyers that we work alongside, that we start to do this kind of planning. We create a scorecard for you, and it shows you exactly where your vulnerabil- vulnerabilities are. But then we work alongside attorneys that are experts in this side of the law and making sure that you have the right type of trust. Is it funded properly? Uh, are all your beneficiary designations coordinated with this trust? And you know, I've read, I can't even tell you how many trusts that are called, they're called special needs trusts. Right? That's just the, the term that the, the lawyers use for this. Mm-hmm. And those are trusts that are designed to supplement any government benefits that you might receive, but not supplant them. So in other words, like you mentioned earlier, that family that was accidentally disqualified, yep. that was a, just an easy fix. If they had the right trust and the beneficiaries lined up on their assets properly, that would have been totally avoided. But I've read a lot of these trusts, and sometimes they're boilerplate. Sometimes they're outdated forms. You know, a lot of people think that their lawyer sits down and has a meeting with them, takes a bunch of notes, and then goes back to the office and starts typing up a will and a trust like with a blank document. Like they're starting and they're typing it all out by hand. hmm I would say if that was actually true, that's probably, a, that's probably a, a, a big problem, okay? You want a lawyer, in my opinion, you want a lawyer who has a very comprehensive set of documents that they work on those documents over and over and over again. They just keep making them better and better and better with time. Yeah. All right, so what they're really doing is they're taking their collective wisdom and what they know works in this area of expertise, and they're basically packaging it up and offering it to you with the easy button. You mm-hmm. pay them a fee, you get the document, and they customize it for you, right? Uh, but I've read, I've read so-called special needs trusts that were outdated, boiler restrictive trusts that left no flexibility for the family. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked one parent one time, I said, do you realize your trust doesn't allow the trustee to buy food? And they looked horrified. I'm like, it says it right here, you know? <laughs> like, well, I never read it. I'm like, you probably should read your documents, right? Yeah. So again, it, it, these are things that like, you don't know what you don't know. So being educated on them makes it a little bit easier. By the time you meet with a lawyer and we're alongside you, it's you know things are translated well, yeah, and it makes logical sense, everybody. So again, those legal documents are all are all important here. So I want to spend just a little bit more time on on the trust side of this because a lot of times people think they have to have a certain amount of money for a trust, or it's only for ultra wealthy people, or Hey, my kid doesn't need it for this reason. In in my opinion, my philosophy is all kids, if there's any sizable inheritance, all kids, whether they're in good health or not, should have 100% of their inheritance provided to them in a trust. Hmm. Because if it's done properly, that's going to protect them against creditors. Yeah. It could protect the assets against divorcing spouses, transfer taxes, people who may try to swindle the kids. and in this case, if it's a special needs trust, that's drafted properly, it protects the child's ability to continue to qualify for government assistance. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it gives you a lot more control of the money, you can still enjoy just as much inside of a trust as you had outside of the trust if it's drafted properly. But you have a trustee who has the freedom to make intelligent decisions on distributions based on the best interest of the children and when things are changing i mean if you have a good trust and a good trust company that you work with you have some help most people aren't experts in law and tax and all these different legal technicalities so if you have a good trustee they're able to help take this burden off your shoulders as the caregiver and it's like if you need money great here's the best way to get it to you without without sacrificing government benefits yeah that's great So, I mean, people can leave money outside of the trust. That's fine. You just give it to the kids free and clear. But it's an open invitation for predators to take the money. Oh, yeah. It increases your taxes in most cases. It can can decrease government assistance. So that's fine. And, you know, there's a lot of mistakes that can happen.
1: Well, correct me me if I'm
2: wrong. If it's not in the trust to begin with and you just have a a will drafted up, um, it goes through probate. Yeah, it goes through probate, and you know sometimes probate in some states it's it's awful. Other states it's not that bad. You know, it's open to the public at that point, but it it can be slow. Yeah, exactly. And if it's in a that, it can be expensive. Whereas if you have the trust set up properly, it's fast, it's easy, it's private, but it but it's organized. That's that's the biggest benefit. It's organized, and and there's a lot less worry. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I, I have some parents that say things like, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm I'm worried if I what if I leave the money to my child in a, in a trust and uh, and they they can't get. Uh, supplemental security income, or they don't qualify for Medicaid, or whatever it is. It's like, well, that's fine. It's still no different. right? Uh, maybe maybe the child ends up making more money than you thought, and they don't need to qualify for SSI. That's supplemental security income or Medicaid. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Uh, if you draft your trust properly, the trustee can make common sense decisions based on where your child really is in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever run into this, Eric, or not, but I've heard people say, just disinherit the child that has the disability, leave the money to the siblings. And, uh, and that way the child qualifies for, for government assistance. And, uh, and that works until it doesn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Again, heart in the right place, but disaster can occur, right? So you have to hope that the kids do the right thing. And I don't find a lot of times there's ill intent, but you think about the twists and turns of life and it's like you have to hope that the other child that's uh you know maybe a typical child doesn't get divorced they don't get sued mm-hmm. they don't own a business have an issue with their business partner they don't have a spending problem they never lose their job they never need the money and you know hopefully tax laws don't change so it's uh it's just a it's a case for disaster so you know having a, a well-coordinated well well orchestrated estate plan just cleans all this up yeah absolutely Jim, all right. I know we've we've covered a lot already. You so said we've
1: got a lot to cover. What's next?
2: Yeah. So that that first part of this was all about just protecting everything. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, that's probably the that's probably the part of the process that takes the most amount of time because there's a lot at stake. After that, you know, it, it's it's about working on your cash flows, making sure you have a good system in place to balance between providing today and living today and saving for the future, just like anybody else. Right? but we have to also understand the role the government benefits play and the role that they don't play you know because if you're able to qualify for those benefits that can really extend the duration of how long your money can last for your child and uh you know so i don't think any family should really just bank 100 percent on that but it can certainly be a big help that's why we want to make sure that you you can qualify if eligible uh, but then we have to work on things like making sure that you have ample liquidity so as you start to build for the future you know, you've got your plan protected, your cash flows are organized, you've got a good uh, spending plan in place and a good savings plan in place. Then we can start worry, uh, worrying about, okay, now where do you put the money? Uh, I think families that are in this conversation we're having here today need to ignore the rules of thumb of having three to six months of money in an emergency fund. Like your entire plan really needs to be one big giant emergency fund because you have no idea when you're going to need the money. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean put it all in the bank, I don't mean that at all, but it means that you really should emphasize more liquidity than most people have because you have no idea the twists and turns you're gonna be facing and they're probably gonna be more expensive. So if you are saving up and investing in places that you can still use for retirement, but they're available to you for any other use, you're just preparing yourself for anything life throws your way, right? So you still have to look at things like, how do you invest, where do you invest? You know, all the things we cover with with everybody. Uh, but there really has to be a big emphasis when you start to look at retirement planning is you have to have wealth replacement mechanisms in place. So there's a lot of families that are taught, you know, when you're younger, you know, buy life insurance, but when you, when you retire, you don't need it anymore. Get rid of it. And that can be a real big challenge for a family that's trying to care for a child that has some serious health concerns. Mm-hmm. So if you have life insurance that you can keep throughout retirement, you've got a little bit more freedom now you can spend more of your retirement money you don't need to leave as much of that behind to take care of your child you can you can be free to enjoy more of that and then use the life insurance to fund the trust so you're still taking care of your child all right? the best you can but you're also taking care of yourself we've run the math on that and you'd be shocked at the income difference that that, that can provide for that family in retirement hmm. and then we also have to look at things like you know your liabilities you know how do we keep you efficient keep you lean on the tax side keep you nimble on you know, making sure that you aren't over relying on consumer debts so mm-hmm. it's a lot of the steps that we covered in our uh, in our second episode it's just greatly greatly enhanced on the the documentation side uh, for legal work and non-legal work and it, you know, there's, there's just a lot more to the protection piece of this so yeah. that's it I, mean, I just want, I want to provide that overview of just a handful of topics that you have to really consider but we're going to be like i said earlier we're going to be bringing in some experts that are just uh you know, really top notch and diving into a lot of these topics like we're going to go deep in some of these cuz we want to be a resource for you and uh, hopefully this this episode help you and uh you know if we can be if we can be of assistance i mean just reach out that's what we're here for
1: well yeah and that, i mean that's that's the next thing i was going to bring up is because one of the things that you, you've said in the past, and I'm sure it's even more important with this type of situation, is that you're reviewing the plan with your families quite often. Um, you already do reviews with all your clients, but with this, you know, making sure that keeping up on the documentation and things that have changed and all that, you do this quite a bit, uh, especially with, with families with special needs kids. Um, and I would recommend, obviously, anybody in the audience that they should have their stuff reviewed by their advisor. And if they're not doing it, regularly, then they need to reach out to you to just at least get that second opinion. You've, you've offered that before, and I know that you'd be more than happy to offer it to these families specifically because of how much you uh, care about them and, and work with those types of folks at this point in your career. Um, how do they get that second opinion, or how do they
2: you know engage you in this conversation? It's real easy. Uh, in fact, we have a, a whole uh, side of our team that's dedicated to this specific type of planning, but just, again, email us, info at mcgovernwealth.com, And an easy way to to do this is just in the subject line to say, you know, podcast and maybe hyphen special needs planning and just say, hey, we heard the episode and want to talk to you more about that. And, you know, we'll make time in the schedule to to get you in and and see what's on your mind and how we can help. All right. Perfect. Jim,
1: thank you so much for your time and, and all that you do. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast with Jim McGovern. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at McGovern Wealth Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA insurance license number. 0F67329. AR Insurance License Number, 7119103. California Insurance License Number, 0F67329. Arkansas Insurance License Number, 7119103.
2: Compliance Number 2022-137481 expires May 2024.